in the closing costs, sometimes you're paying property taxes in advance, sometimes you're paying homeowners insurance in advance. And those, although they look scary because of it increases the closing costs and kind of increases what's gonna be added to the loan, one thing you'll have to remember is you're actually gonna get a lot of that back. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, Certified Financial Planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Hello, welcome to this episode of Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Today, I am excited to be talking about should I refinance my home mortgage? And this has been a, a super popular topic. It was actually a popular topic even before interest rates have fallen as low as they have now. So due to COVID-19, the economic worries, all these different things, the Federal Reserve has reduced interest rates again. And what this means is that you could possibly come close to the range of getting a mortgage loan for 3%. And so that's kind of the best I've seen. And then also it kind of has been bouncing around the last few months between like 3.4, 3.3 and 3%. So quite quite a bit of a range so that it may be bouncing around to. But if you're anywhere near like a 4% interest rate, then it's definitely a big strong consideration to think about refinancing. And it's not a no brainer just because the rates are lower doesn't mean it's instantaneously something that you should do. There's going to be some other factors that you want to navigate and make sure that you approach. The biggest thing by far is asking yourself the question, like how long do you see yourself staying in the same home? And the reason for that is because there is costs associated with a refinance. There's, there's never usually a free option to do a refinance because there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of processing that goes in. I'm sure there's a lot of excess costs that maybe doesn't need to be baked in there, but typically I've seen the ranges in refinance and being anywhere from like $2,000 to $6,000. So you really want to make sure that you know what the cost is going to be associated with the refinance in order to make sure that you're able to find out, is this going to be something that makes sense for you and your overall financial plan. And basically I'm going to share with you a quick image. So if you're obviously, if you're checking this out through the podcast version, you're not going to be able to see this image, but uh, it's pretty easy to describe. There's not a lot to it as far as the mathematics, but what I'm showing is the calculation for the break even. And usually it's going to be shown in the amount of months that it takes to break even. And there's actually a calculator on bankrate.com, which has this feature now. So even, I think it was about two months ago, back early, early during the crisis. And I was getting this question a lot. So they, they didn't have this type of calculator. I had to build my own on Excel. But what we want to do is find out how long is it going to take for you to come out ahead and then after you come out ahead, then the, the savings really starts adding up. But what you do is you take the cost of refinancing and you divide it by the monthly savings. It gets a little bit tricky when you're doing this on the mortgage calculator because sometimes 
you're already like multiple years into mortgage. Let's say you only have 25 years remaining on your mortgage, but usually when you refinance, you're going to refinance at a 30 year if in that type of situation. And so what happens is that the monthly payment's going to look uh, pretty good <laughs> at that point because you're adding an additional five years to it. If you really want to do an apples to apples comparison, you will want to keep the amount of payments or amount of years, I think is usually how they uh, typically round it to. So if you have 25 years left on your mortgage loan, when you're using the calculator, just to keep things even and kind of true reality, as far as the savings, you'll want to use that same amount for the new loan, even if that's not necessarily going to be the case. Because what that will show you is, hey, like all things being equal other than the interest rate and factoring in these costs, what's going to be the break even? And you'll kind of see what that comes out to. So it's going to vary. There's no like, oh, it's one year or two years or three years. It definitely depends on how significant of a gap the interest rates are between your old and the potential new one that you'd be getting. But then also the, the ranges in the cost. Like I said, there's I've seen a wide range as far as the total cost that goes into doing a refinance. So you'll want to shop around if you're ever near like the high end. I think on the low end, it's also tricky too because it's not always apparent. You usually have to get into the process before you can find out where some of the fees are and, and what those things look like. So after you factor those things in, you'll you'll get a number. And I've been seeing somewhere, I think most of the calculations I've been running for clients where we thought it would probably make sense is usually between like a one-year and a three-year break-even. That's pretty common. And I know that's a wide range. But what that does tell me is when, when people ask me this question, usually I say, hey, are you going to be there for like two or three years? You're not thinking about moving at least as far as everything you know right now, because if you do move during that time frame, you may not recover the total cost of the refinance. It might feel good to have a, a lower monthly payment between now and then, but you're not truly recovering the cost. One interesting thing, and one of the things that usually happens is when you're going through this process, you do have the option to add the cost of the refinance just into the the mortgage. So it's that's one of the things people are concerned about is, hey, I, I don't really want to throw $4,000 at, at this mortgage to refinance it. Well, you don't have to. You can kind of factor it into the loan. Obviously, it adds slightly more costs just because then that 4000 split over 30 years if it's a 30-year mortgage. But those are all the things you kind of have to consider. So it does make it tricky. It does make you have to think a little bit differently. And I think that the best way to do it initially is in that calculator, keep it apples to apples with the same amount of years. And then take a look at what that payment amount is going to be. Because one of the things you can do too, if you still want to stick to that 25 year payoff, what you'll end up doing most likely is you'll get a 30 year loan, but you can make additional principal payments on top of the, the smaller payment to make sure that you match up and still paid off in the 25 years remaining. And that's going to be the way that you save the most basically. Uh, but obviously if there's other things that you have that have high interest rates, maybe you do want that smaller mortgage payment over a 30 year mortgage. And then the, the excess savings you have, hopefully you're going to be doing positive, more impactful things with it. If you're not going to be using it to pay off your mortgage even faster. So that's kind of the name of the game there. Again, it can start to get a little bit more complex once you start thinking about other factors. So you can do a cash out refinance. 
So basically what you look at there is the equity in your home. And if there's a substantial amount of equity, if you have high interest debt that you want to just knock out, pay off, uh, you can do that. You can also do cash out refinance just to kind of supplement your emergency savings. So with COVID-19, kind of social distancing and unemployment had quickly risen. Now now there's some shocking numbers that are saying that uh, things might start to be getting better. So that'd be awesome if things are trending in that direction still. But basically it's caused a lot of fears as far as possibly losing jobs, unemployment. And so there could be a reason too that you want to actually create access to some of this equity and put in a, a safe savings account, hopefully with a high interest rate even though high interest rates aren't that high at this point in time, it's like 1% or 1.5% maybe, uh, depending on the, the organization that you find. But those those things do make it complicated because if you're taking out more money than you owe, well, you might not ultimately be saving unless you are paying off really high interest debt, then, then you could actually be saving more uh, as a result of paying off like a 22% credit card that has just been staying there and it's constantly costing you tons and tons of money. Well, if you knock that out, that's going to be pretty dramatic savings, a good use of that equity. If you're doing it just to build up your emergency savings, it's probably not going to reduce your cost uh, ultimately because you you are going to be sitting on cash and technically you're paying at about 3% if you get a loan around that rate and you're only earning about 1% even with those higher interest savings accounts. So that's something that you kind of want to factor in. It does make it sometimes confusing to kind of weigh all these pros and cons. And so another question I get a lot of times too. So if you look at the interest rates, the interest rates actually could be even lower than 3%. And that's if you go to a 15 year loan. Sometimes there's mortgage companies that will offer like a 20 year loan. 20 year loans, sometimes the interest rate isn't that significant of a difference. So it doesn't make sense. But once you move down to a 15-year loan, it does start to make a pretty substantial impact. And so basically what you want to make sure that you do, if you, if you are thinking of going this rate, is understanding that your payment might actually go up. You're going to probably save a lot because your, your interest rate's going to drop dramatically and you're going to pay it off 15 years faster. So just paying anything off 15 years faster is going to save a, a whole bunch of money. But if you factor in a lower interest rate on top of that, that's definitely a, a lot of potential savings, but you do lose flexibility. So if just for example, if your current mortgage is like $1,500 and in order to move to a 15 year loan and get a lower interest rate, maybe you're going to pay like $2,200 a month and yeah, you'll knock these things out faster, but you would definitely want to have confidence that you have that much cash flow and it's not going to cause stress or cause you to go into credit card debt or anything like that. You want to make sure you have a good emergency savings fund because that's that's going to be a significant drain, right? A seven hundred dollar difference increase more than what you would have typically planned for for your having to support off of emergency savings. So you want to have a good kind of base grounding for your financial plan in order to kind of make that that big commitment to a fifteen year mortgage. So some people it makes sense. Most of the times, most of my clients because they have so many different priorities different things going on, they still tend to do a 30-year loan, get the mandatory kind of required payment to be smaller. Interest rates are still pretty cheap at this point, being around that 3% range. And basically what they can do is make additional principal payments every single month 
And if something were to come up, if their priorities or goals were to shift or something, a unique opportunity came up, the cool thing is they have the opportunity to drop their additional payment down and just make that minimum payment. So usually that's what my clients tend to do uh, just because it is such a huge jump uh, to try to squeeze and make that mandatory payment when you have all these different competing priorities going on. So that's really the last big question I tend to get there. If you have any questions, definitely reach out because yeah, this, this topic is confusing. I think you start to see fees and, and you might freeze up. The process is stressful to, uh, going through it. So my wife and I actually went through this process too recently. So I'm um, uh, speaking from experience as far as, yeah, this, this definitely works in your favor if you're planning on sticking around your home for the time being, but definitely use those calculators, rely on those. Make sure that uh, you're not paying an obscene amount of fees and costs associated with that. I guess one last thing that I noticed that kind of freaks people out too is there's closing costs and in the closing costs, sometimes you're paying property taxes in advance. Sometimes you're paying homeowners insurance in advance. And those, although they look scary because of it increases the closing costs and kind of increases what's going to be added to the loan. One thing you'll have to remember is you're actually going to get a lot of that back. So some of those things you may have already paid into for your current mortgage. And so your current mortgage is gonna refund any escrow payments that you made for your property taxes that weren't actually paid out towards your property taxes. And then the same thing with the homeowner's insurance. You've been paying into that. If they haven't made a, a payment recently to the insurance company, you'll probably get back uh, a couple checks uh, from each one of those things to, to help kind of offset that closing cost. So those closing costs, aren't necessarily additional costs that you don't already have within your current mortgage. It's just weird how they process it because they like having multiple months in advance to make sure that it never falls below a certain threshold that they like to keep. But your current mortgage is already doing that. So it, it will basically offset within 15, 20 days of your closing. They'll get paid off. Then they'll say, hey, yep, we collected this money. We never actually paid on those things with this fund. So you get that refund back. So. Hopefully all those help you identify how you can confidently navigate that question of should you refinance your mortgage and reach out if you have any questions. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.